welcome, and here we go once more with greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and well, maybe maybe even give you a chance to learn a little bit about history. I am really glad you decided to join us. Now, today we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. These are true stories which have, well, they've often been excluded from the pantheon of history for, well, for whatever reason. My name's Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 28, and it is entitled Almost Cinderella Story. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy. It was a story like, well, like one of those told by a, a Hollywood screenwriter. Only this one was true. He was a man who would live his dream. Although excited by his success, even those people who knew him could hardly believe it was actually happening. But, but, but let's, uh, let's start at the beginning and take a closer look at how this incredible story unfolded. The place was the prosperous community of Winona a town of about 20,000 in southeastern Minnesota. On any given Sunday in the 1920s, you could bet a large part of that population could be found at the baseball field, watching their favorite baseball team taking the field to play ball. One of their favorite teams was sponsored by Peerless Chain Company. And the fans, well, they knew every one of those players personally. Now, now their favorite player not only lived in Winona, he also cut meat for many of them as a butcher at the local Piggly Wiggly store. His name was Julian Wera. Julian was the best baseball player ever to come out of southeastern Minnesota. He could play any position on the field, but he was best playing infield. Fans would cheer like mad at his fantastic plays at third base. His rifling arm tossed out many a runner, and <laughs> he could hit the leather off the ball. But as good as he was, who could have predicted his future? Born in Winona, Minnesota in 1902, Julian well, he was just a little squirt of a fellow, barely five foot seven inches tall. Raised in the east end of Winona, he was proud of his Polish heritage. But even as great a baseball player as he was, who could have predicted his meteoric rise in the spring of 1927? It was then that Julian Weir assigned as a reserve infielder for the renowned New York Yankees. Now, making his debut in that famous pinstripe uniform on April 14, 1927, he was the only rookie that the New York Yankees signed that year. He got paid a whopping $2,400 just to play baseball for a single year. 
He played alongside the Yankees' famed murderer's row, which included Earl Combs, Mark Koenig, Bob Musil, Tony Lazzari, Lou Gehrig, and the legendary Babe Ruth. The manager of the New York Yankees, Miller Huggins, said that Wera was the best player he had ever seen. He described Wera as all wool and and a yard wide. Well, whatever that meant. (laughs) There was little question in Huggins' mind that after only a few years of grooming, the name of Wera would be added to the list of all-time Yankee great players. And uh, who did they assign as Julian's roommate? Well, it was none other than the Bambino himself. That's right, the great Babe Ruth. Now, because they were both Catholic, it was Wera's job to uh, sober up the Babe every Sunday morning and get him to Mass on time, no matter what condition either one of them was in. That's probably the reason they became best of friends. Julian hit his first home run with the New York Yankees on July 4th, 1927. Oh, what a star-spangled day that was for that lad from Winona, Minnesota. It occurred in front of 78,000 screaming fans in Yankee Stadium. Just imagine, with two men out, he slammed his first home run in the big show. He went on to set that town on its ear for the rest of that season. But every time he came off the bench to enter the game, his aggressive style of play brought the fans in Yankee Stadium to their feet. There was no question in anyone's mind Julian Wera would become one of the superstars of the future for the New York Yankees baseball organization. So uh, what happened to Julian Wera? Why isn't he mentioned in the Baseball Hall of Fame with other New York Yankee greats such as uh, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Bill Dickey? Does this Cinderella story have a happy ending? Well... As fate would have it, for Julian Wera, this would be a very short-lived Cinderella story. Now, it is true. He went on to set New York City on its ear for the rest of the 1927 baseball season. But that all ended on that fateful day that the Yankees played one of their arch-rivals of all times, the ever-threatening Chicago White Sox. There were only four days to go in the season. The Yankees had already secured the American League pennant. Babe Ruth was about to hit his 60th home run of the year, a major league record. Despite all this, everyone, everyone on the Yankee team was playing harder than ever. Only now, they were playing for pride. And Julian Weira was no exception. On that bright, sunny day in the fall of 1927, Ray Sheck was behind the plate catching for the Chicago White Sox. Weira was a runner on second base 
with a good lead towards third when a single was hit to right field. Julian, aggressive as ever, decided to try and score all the way from second base. Sheck, the catcher for the White Sox, was all over home plate, trying to keep Wera from scoring. The ball came in all the way from right field on a single bounce. Those in attendance that day say that when Wera collided with Sheck at home plate, you could actually feel the impact all the way up into the stands. Now, the fact of whether he was safe or out at the home plate, well, that was lost to history. However, both players were injured. Wera was hurt so bad, he was not able to play the last four games of the season. When the Yankees went on to win the World Series, Wera got his full share, $5,400 of the World Series purse, just like Babe Ruth. After that, he was sent down to the minors. Oh, he did come back to the Yankees in, in 1929. Uh, and even though he hit 417, he only appeared in five games, and, and then he was sent back down to the minors. Julian, well, he was never the same player after that. As a side note, in 1948, an imposter appeared posing as Julian Wera. Trading on Julian's reputation, he became business manager for the Oroville Baseball Club of the California Far West League. He told his employer that he had been disfigured by injuries during World War II and that he had had plastic surgery. That's why he looked different. Well, the ruse didn't last very long. The man finally ended his charade by killing himself with an overdose of sleeping pills. As for the real Julian Wera, well, he soon retired from professional baseball. When he returned to his hometown of Winona, he went back to working as a butcher for the local Piggly Wiggly. But Julian Wera was always a fan of the game of baseball. Up until just before his death in 1975, he was often seen at local games, always willing to sign autographs for those admiring fans who remembered his brief but brilliant stint of glory. You see, for those who were never able to leave southern Minnesota, it was Julian Wera who they looked up to as a man who, for a few brief months, literally touched the stars. He got to play with one of the greatest baseball teams of all times, with some of the greatest baseball players ever. He lived a story which, for most people, could only be visited in their dreams. A story that was amazing and competitively true. Well, there you have it, episode number 28, entitled Almost Cinderella Story. It's part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we, well, we really feel privileged to present for your entertainment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. 
As a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales, American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book, and that includes shipping and handling anywhere in the United States. Well, for more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert Publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning.